following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. But when you actually break it down, it's this idea that um, your ideal life is this, like, check mark, right, and this milestone. And if you do a, if you do certain things right, if you read all the books, then all of a sudden you yeah. will eventually get to that, like, perfect self. And what we're big on, on myth-busting is that it – doesn't actually look like that. Life doesn't actually work like that. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, we have Mara Liddy and Naomi Hirabayashi on together. They're both on Skype. These are the two co-founders and two co-CEOs of Shine. Shine sends members a daily text message meant to uplift and inspire. And before we get anything on record, what is the inspirational text today? So today's shine is about your secret weapon, the Mondays, which is really about knowing your energy. Okay. So we all have a peak, a trough, and a rebound time of day. Um, so that might be in the morning is your peak when you're crushing it mm-hmm. and feeling really energetic. Your trough is usually that mid-afternoon slump. And your rebound might be at like 10 o'clock when you're all of a sudden feeling really creative. So we wanted to share that with our users to give them a sense of really how to manage their energy in a way that they can own the week. And taking a moment to thank our supporters, Veridesk, Amica Insurance, and Rocket Mortgage. More about these companies later in the show. So peak, is, is that typical? People start off with a peak right in the morning, attack the day? Because I, I, I was thinking I might be more the trough in the, in the beginning of the day. Yeah. <laughs> So there's nothing that's actually typical per person. It's different per person. So it's based on what's called your circadian rhythm, um, which really speaks to your body's kind of internal clock. And your energy levels are going to be determined by that. So you might actually not be a morning person, uh, meaning that your trough is in the morning and your peak might be at night or in the afternoon. Um, But the key is really just learning about it and kind of coming to understand your own style. Here's my thinking, though. I don't like waking up and going right for the phone. I feel like it's bad. Like the whole night, every night that I go to, I try so hard to make, I'm like a baby. I try to make it through all night without waking up and looking at the phone. Does that, uh, anything similar with you two? Yeah, right. It's interesting um, running a wellness company and also recognizing that your phones um, and notifications can be troublesome if mm-hmm. you don't use them in moderation. Um, we talk a lot about the fact that um, you need to kind of find your own personal boundaries and um, find ways that technology can help and not hinder you. Mm-hmm. For you, it sounds like getting time away at night is really key, and not feeling guilty about that is so important. So um, we, we definitely try and do the same when we can. Um, we still do have that kind of one-eye-open routine in the morning where you're catching up on things, and that's where I think a lot of our users are checking their shine text. But uh, yes. it's all about what works best for you. Okay, so if I'm waking up and shine's there, and I can either drop or I'm, you know, maybe I'm rebounding in the morning. I don't know if I'm starting a bit later. Um, what would the, the first thing that I see, it just comes up. And I can, can I have it so that all the other notifications are disabled and so your app just comes up as the first thing I see? 
Yeah, so um, we, you can, I mean, based on your notifications preferences, you, you can do that. Um, we, we try um, in all of our messaging, and this is actually what's pretty beautiful to your question around like, how do you balance being a well-being company and also being a tech company? Yeah. Um, where the first thing that you would see uh, is a text message if you're on our tech service, and then we also have a mobile app. Um, where it really does feel like a text from a friend. So instead of just like, you know, a push notification or just another reminder about all the things you're supposed to be doing, it really just feels like a text from a friend that's helping to create that anchor for your day. Um, so that would be the first thing you see, um, and then you can learn more from there. That's a great way to explain it. Uh, th that's very helpful. If, if someone had told you, and it would make no sense what I'm about to say, because I'm, I'm guessing when you were kids, nobody could have said, hey, this is what you'll be working on, an inspirational service that sends texts. Nobody would have known what we're talking about. But uh, is there anything about your background that would have helped inform how you got here today? I'd say in so many ways, everything, and at the same time, nothing, okay. right? So there's all this confirmation bias in entrepreneurship that you were born this way and, you know, I started a lemonade stand when I was five and I was meant to start XYZ company. Yes. And that's really beautiful for, for some people that have kind of seen patterns throughout their lives. I think for Naomi and I, in so many ways, every kind of side hustle and full-time job we've had to this point, whether that was both of us working at startups early on in our careers to meeting at the nonprofit that we used to work at, um, to both having media and corporate experience, um, and in so many ways, all of those things have kind of uh, served us in this really incredible way in entrepreneurship. But in every way, we did not expect to be doing what we're doing. Um, Shine came to light very, very organically. Um, neither of us said we wanted to start a VC-backed business. We didn't know anything about VC, hadn't gone to business school, um, and really had just organically came to this concept. And so what's, I think, really powerful is that there isn't that confirmation bias that we were, you know, meant to do this and we've kind of always had this in the works. Um, but it's very, it's felt very natural and kind of found its own flow within who we are as individuals. Well, you know, when you look at the self-help industry, I mean, I don't know, how has it changed over the, for, for millennials at least? And, and uh, was it broken? Was this an industry that you saw uh, potential to disrupt? Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, even just self-help as a term often brings to mind that, like, section of the bookstore that you're kind of, like, cringing when you're there. But <laughs> yeah, you wanna, exactly. You want, I picture, you my, like aunt, I picture my aunt reading them. My um, aunt so had, like, ten of them. I think that feeling is indicative of the problem and what Mara and I sense that just needed um, a refresh and needed a modern take. Um, but the two biggest differences being that, <clears throat> excuse me, for previous generations – it was really about gurus, you know, obviously Oprah is amazing and stands the test of time, um, but it was only Oprah's, it was only um, these people that were in a certain position that um, felt very, very much separate from our lives, and that was why we felt like we needed to, to follow them and really consume and take in all of their advice, and so the gurus of the 90s is what worked um, and really what made up the, the self-help um, industry. And so fast forward to where we are now with millennials representing actually the largest part of the labor force since 2015, right. there's been a ton of changes around what does well-being actually look like. So the big difference is, one, um, we're, we're more interested actually in peer advice. So while we respect people like Oprah and Deepak Chopra, 
um, and Tony Robbins. Realistically, we actually are more curious than someone who's gone through more recently what we're talking about. So we're looking for a little bit of that aspirational and accessible resource. And then the second thing is that well-being, you know, for a lot of times felt like this thing that you put off. So it came to life on vacations or sabbaticals or on yoga retreats. And the biggest difference between us and previous generations is that we view well-being as um, actually a daily habit, not as a trend. And so as a result, we're looking for different resources that are very much every day. You know, when we're running to the subway and we're a little sweaty and we're thinking about that meeting that we're late for, how does well-being and how does like self-talk and how we feel actually come to life in that situation? It's less so um, when we get that perfect time to reflect, but more on-the-go, everyday realities of the daily struggle of our big lives. Were either of you uh, practicing meditation before you came up with Shine? No. We, uh, neither of us were your traditional wellness um, uh, aficionados, if you will. We actually met at work. So Naomi was the chief marketing officer and I was the director of mobile product at a large nonprofit and tech company and found ourselves searching for ways to take care of ourselves. Um, whether that was, uh, getting advice on why do I feel so insecure and asking for this raise? Am I not worth this much? Or getting advice on relationships or working on our credit scores. Um, we found that we would come to each other in a way that you might even go to a life coach or a career coach if you knew that that existed, right? And so we've had these conversations over time of, um, you know, why aren't people talking about the stuff that makes us feel weird or makes us feel shamey in a more open way and dealing with how it makes you feel, right? Because everything we do is tied to how we feel. We don't really believe that there's such thing as like a work-life balance or balance ever, right? Like balance is always changing because everything in our generation, in our time, is very much in the gray. And so we um, we talked about, you know, should we write a book or maybe do a blog? Um, because we didn't really have our go-to, this is where I go to feel better, to feel more centered solution. And we found that in each other. Um, and that was a big part of our, our first product, which was Shine Text, um, was we wanted to start a conversation around the things that we all struggle with um, and the fact that those things are very different day to day and you don't have to be in a state of crisis and you might meditate every single day. You may have never even heard of meditation, but everybody deserves access to something that is simple and fun and on the go to take care of themselves. So we essentially built what we wanted to use ourselves. I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is that back in the day with Deepak Chopra or you know Tony Robbins or Oprah, it's it's who are still um, you know forces today. Everybody assumed that all the answers were in those places. Every all the answers were in that uh, tutorial, if you went, or in that hour of programming, if you watched it. And it seems to me like you guys are trying to break that up, right, and stitch it together through the power of the crowd. Yeah, exactly. What we are big on myth-busting is this idea of your best self, which is something that people throw around all the time, like live your best life and your best self. And it seems very, it seems very innocent. And in a lot of ways, you know, it is, but when you actually break it down, it's this idea that, um, your ideal life is this like check mark, right. And this milestone. And if you do, if you do certain things, right, if you read all the books, then all of a sudden you will eventually get to that, like, perfect self. And what we're big on, on myth busting is that it 
doesn't actually look like that. Life doesn't actually work like that. You have days where you feel really on it. You're like, you know what? I'm balancing all these things well. I feel really confident. And then you have days where you feel the complete opposite. Um, but that's actually the reality of things. And and so this idea of like, yes, you read the book, you get all the answers, and then everything is solved actually does a disservice to what reality looks like, which is every day trying to figure out how you can be a little bit more intentional, you can practice a little bit more self-compassion, and you can try your best and also realize, you know, there's a limit to everything that we can get done in one day. And so self-compassion is a big thread throughout everything we do um, to, yeah, to really break down this idea that if you just read the right book, all those answers will be there. Right. And what's dangerous around that is that can just be another way that you feel like you're falling short or that it didn't quite work for you and why didn't it work for me. And so all those feelings are what we're trying to, to ease, um, to be a little bit more realistic around what life looks like. And we'll be right back after this quick break. This year, the office cubicle turns 50 years old. I don't know if you knew that. It hails from an age when work was done on typewriters and smoking at your desk was the norm. Today, employees are expecting more from their workspace. They want flexible and active spaces where they can collaborate and feel energized. Veradesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement to any workday. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, boost energy, and increase productivity. Veradesk has a variety of desk solutions that replace traditional office setups, require little to no assembly, that's great, and are ready to use in minutes. Plus, Veradesk products are made from commercial-grade materials meant to last a lifetime. They're easy to move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. You can try Veradesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. If you're not satisfied, see it for yourself at Veradesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Amica Auto Home and Life Insurance. When you call Amica, you can expect a different experience because Amica is all about customer service that goes above and beyond the ordinary. You always get the help you need when you call Amica. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes today. Is it also true that you should accept your worst self or your shadow? The, the thing that, about themselves that people try to look past, ignore, forget about, and also embrace that. Yes, absolutely, 110%. And I, I love this topic because I, I remember the first time that I heard it, and it was actually kind of separate from Shine, um, and I was, I immediately was like, oh, right. oh, okay. Like, th- this idea that, to Naomi's point around your best self, this idea that, you know, we're always working on ourselves and we're so ambitious, particularly the millennial generation, is, is amazing. It's really beautiful. Um, and it comes with this this false concept and this false premise that um, there's things about us that are inherently bad that should go away and that should change, right? Um, and if that were the case, like we would live in a really, really sad world where we were all the same person. Our, our shadow side is that side of us that maybe is a little neurotic, speaking for a friend, um, or <laughs> you know, uh, you know, likes to to you know do things a certain way. And I think that, um, the more that we can come to understand our shadow side, maybe not necessarily love because that is challenging. Right. Um, but understand and learn how to work with our shadow side and the parts of us that just are the way that we are. Um, the more we're going to come to self acceptance, which just makes it easier to navigate life. And have you worked with professionals in, you know, mental health, 
and, and, and various fields like that to help with larger goals or messages or, you know, things that they can say, like, these are thoughts, not facts for people who, you know, borderline on depression and, th- and things like that. What's great is actually every single, you know, message that we send out is research backed. So there's an mm-hmm. article um, in every Shine message if you want to go deeper into the experience. And all of those articles are research backed. Um, so we're always pointing to and helping our users discover there's new tactics or new tips or new research. Um, but what has made Shine so successful is it's actually come very organically from us. And it's come from this gut and this feeling from conversations we've had with friends, conversations with our, you know, one million plus community. Um, we have amazing advisors on board. One of our formal advisors is Dr. Anna Raleigh, who has a PhD in psychology from the University of London. Um, and she's done a great job of just um, reminding us of all the great stuff that's already in place, um, particularly the ACT method, which is acceptance commitment therapy right. with the third wave of psychology. Um, and that's a big belief system of ours at Shine. Um, but it's actually because we haven't led with that more academic brow that we've been so successful because we're we're friend first. We really feel like that hand on the shoulder, a friend to our community versus another authority um, that is just telling them what they should do. And are you also working with members in the uh, MBCT mindfulness-based community? We actually work with a bunch of influencers for our app. So um, we just launched an app in December. And part of the app, you can get the existing Shine messaging experience, but you can also listen to mindful conversations. We call them mindful moments. And they sound like meditation that you're like doing with your best friend. So it's stuff like less, you know, go into a corner and be zen for an hour and more how to deal with a toxic friend or how to deal Mm. with tinder fatigue like very real world stuff um and we partner with a bunch of influencers to actually um voice those tracks and um has been a really exciting way to yeah partner with the existing community um especially as well-being has just become you know such a focal point of what we are paying attention to socially did sorry did you say tinder fatigue yes sir ah okay got you Got you. Wanted to make sure that that's what I heard. Um, no, I'm sure it's a very real thing. And for people going out there suffering fr- from these things, um, it is helpful to remind yourself that you're not the first person to go through this. You know, I think in any problem that we face, knowing that a larger community has faced them, that that all of these problems, that we all experience them, is really helpful. So can what can you tell me about the community, what you know about the users? You, you said it was over a million uh, what do you know about the people who are using Shine? The single most powerful message to uh, any human being is you are not alone. And we have organically found that in our community from day one when we started with the prototype to 50 users, um, where we said, hey, we're going to try this thing, where we send you a daily text. It's not some of the things that we feel like we struggle with. Um, we sourced some articles from online and sent it out. And the very first thing we heard from users was, wow, I thought I was the only one. Right. And the power of the community is just this incredible, incredible thing. We're obsessed with our community. So, yes, we have over a million daily active users. Um, we have an incredible community. It's vastly um, millennials, it's a range of, of gender, um, and it's just been really, really cool to see the product and the company evolve with them. Um, what we have really established is what we like to call mass intimacy, which is 
the same thing that Adele does when she writes those lyrics about the breakup that you went through and you listen to them with millions of other people and you're thinking the whole time, oh, how does she know? How does she know exactly how I'm feeling, right? Right. We really champion that here at Shine and we think of ourselves and our first product, the Daily Text, as like your self-care, your New York Times for self-care. So we are sending the same thing to everyone every day within that medium. Mm -hmm. And in our way, it's a, it's a secular sermon. It's the same thing that everyone's listening to or reading every single day. And it's letting you to know that first and foremost, you're not alone in what you're struggling with, but also that there's a solution and that there's um, what one of our, our friends and colleagues calls a prescription, right? When you go to the doctor and you're, you know, you WebMD'd all of your issues, whether that's an upset stomach or fever, right. uh, hives, whatever it is. And by the time you get there, you're like, I am so weird. Something's wrong with me. And you just want your doctor to tell you that it's okay and that you have something, right? There's a word for what you've had, which means yeah. one, other people have had it before. And on top of that, here's a prescription, meaning that not only have other people had what you have before, but they've resolved it. And here's how they've resolved it, right? And so there is no one prescription for everyone in terms of um, a way to resolve, you know, what you're going through. But knowing that other people have gotten through this and that you're not alone is, is incredibly powerful. So our community is in 165 countries across the world. Mm -hmm. um, and are just incredibly loving and incredibly active. Um, and it's really just what keeps us going every single day. And the two of you are managing the texts each day, right? You're curating and writing the messages. So we have a team of, um, of around seven people okay. and are uh, just growing and excited about all of that. But we touch every message that, that goes out. So um, we essentially are, are touching all the words and editing the content. Um, we also have an incredible content strategist in-house um, who has a lot of experience in the, the wellness industry. Um, but a big part of what keeps the content fresh and um, the tone really key is that we are staying close to our community. So we're not, um, you know, we don't let ourselves kind of get away from the issues because we're, we're still going to happy hours and having those conversations that we had before we started Shine. We're talking about the things that are hard for us, um, the things that are hard for our friends. And we're also now tapping a community of over a million people where we're asking them what they're dealing with. And so that is the majority of what feeds into the messaging experience every, every single day. And so our might and our content is really from our community. And I'm looking now, I've just joined your community on Instagram. Uh, so t tell me a little bit about that, about engaging on those platforms. You know, were you there from the beginning? Um, and how have you grown that base? Yeah, so we view um, social, obviously, as an exciting way to um, extend the brand. And what's really powerful is in terms of content creation and how we're existing on those platforms, um, we're able to share different like mantras and affirmations um, and, you know, different insights. But above all, what we love about social is it's another way to stay close to the community. Um, so when we really geek out is when we're able to like repost um, user generated content of how people are bringing the shine of the day to life um, in their own routine or feedback that we're getting on Twitter about how shine just like the, probably the number one piece of feedback we get is how did you know you're in my head? Um, yeah. And, and really using those channels as a way, as Mara was mentioning, um, not only to extend the brand, but, but to stay close to the community. Because when you think about social, 
one of the biggest uses of that is to share what you're experiencing, to share what you're um, going through. And so if we can use those channels, um, especially Instagram as a way to kind of connect with our community in a deeper way to bring, um, to like reiterate the shine message, uh, that's, that's been a powerful way for us to do it. Well, there's some great ones on here. Stick with the people who pull the magic out of you and not the madness. Yes. That's one on Instagram. And can I say, uh, Mara and Naomi, I have one for you. Do you mind if oh, I get one? Would that be okay? Do tell. Yeah. Okay. I like this one. All right. Hold on. Ready? What screws us up the most in life is the picture in our head of the way it's supposed to be. What screws us up the most in life is the picture in our head of the way it's supposed to be. Applies to everything. Literally applies that's to everything. I've been thinking about that one for the last five years. That's, that's a really good one. Actually, one of the most popular shine texts we ever did was um, don't compare your behind the scenes to everyone's highlight reel, which ah, um, okay. connect, like reminds me of this and this idea of like how things are supposed to look and this view of normal that there, I mean, there is no normal. Um, so that's a really, that's a really good one. Thank okay. you. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask why. Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. So tell me a little bit when you had the, when you first had the idea, how, what was that process like in raising money and, and getting this and, and convincing people that this is something that they should invest in? Uh, it was really, really easy. Um, really? We have... <laughs> <laughs> you guys must have been reading a lot of those quotes before you went into the pitch meeting. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, we just showed them our Instagram. You were your best self. Um, you know, we, like I said, are first time founders. So everything, everything has been uphill, um, from the beginning and, and yeah. certain things get easier and certain things get harder over time. But we, uh, had entrepreneur friends and that really was, uh, incredibly helpful. And I think that speaks to, you know, while there are many things we weren't privileged in, that that certainly was one of them. And having this New York network, yeah. um, 
And so uh, we tapped those friends to, one, ask them about it. You know, what is, what is an angel investor? What's the friends and family around? And who has rich uncles? I don't get it. You know, I remember we would sit <laughs> on these stoops and, and essentially take lunch breaks and, um, you know, while we were working. And it was really exploratory at first because the question was just like, what is this industry? And what could shine look like if it had rocket fuel behind it? Right. And, we got really great feedback. Uh, we got great feedback from those entrepreneurs on our product, as well as, you know, let me just let me just introduce you to a few of my friends. Um, and they introduced us to a few investors that are now um, investors in Shine and have um, participated in a couple of rounds for Shine, um, which has been very cool. But I think, like anything, um, at the beginning, it's incredibly scary. I mean, we quit our jobs. We gave three months' notice, um, which is a very long time. Yeah. And we wanted to be thoughtful about it. One for our, our company that um, that we were leaving, just to give them that that time. And we were both senior management. Um, and two to also just be thoughtful about our, our new company and what we were going to embark on. And so um, during that time, we actually closed a pre-seed round of funding. And it's you know I'll never forget the day we got the call that we had a lead investor, which is essentially what you need to kind of lock the door to the rest of your round. Right. Um, we ran downstairs. There was like a, a gift shop slash envelope store <laughs> downstairs. And we had like five minutes in between meetings. And they had told us that we'd, um, they'd agreed to lead our round and all the you know, valuation and all of that. And we were just, it's an out-of-body experience. It's so mind-blowing because all the work you put in, most of the time, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, you're just getting rejection. People are telling you no, that your idea is not good enough, that you need to have more experience. You know, they, there's a million holes that they poke in it, and you certainly have to have a lot of resilience, but it absolutely makes those very few yeses worth it. Because those few yeses and the people that took a chance on us opened the door for this incredibly successful company and these products and this community that have come to life. Um, and we really, really, um, you know, are just so grateful for the opportunities that have been afforded to us and know the amount of work and hustling and, you know, ATM phone calls with investors, mm -hmm. uh, that it took to, to get there. And you have, just so people have an idea, correct me if I'm wrong, you raised over 2.5 million in 2017. Yep, we did. And so how uh, and how long were you working on that process? Was that about a year? So uh, I think the fundraising process ranges, right? It, it takes different amount of, different amount of time for depending on how much you're raising and um, your network and on all of that. But um, I'd say that this process of raising the, the $2.5 million seed um, was a pretty standard process where we um, – you know, went out and, and kind of ran a process and talked to different investors. But uh, a year is definitely on the long end of, I think, what, what we've heard it might take a company to, to raise a seed. Um, for us, it was more of a, a matter of a few months. But um, it's it certainly helps to have, one, had early conversations with anyone. So the investors that you're pitching particularly, but everyone in the community um, that you really uh, trust and respect to go out and say, here's the milestones that we want to accomplish. Um, and then keeping in touch with those investors throughout that time. So throughout our pre-seed, we had our monthly updates. We would 
do coffees. Um, and then you follow up and you say, here's what we did. And something that we're incredibly proud of is we do what we say we're going to do. Um, and we have uh, consistently uh, accomplished our milestones. So that certainly helps kind of expedite the process. But it's always hard and it's always got a slew of rejection along with it each time. Um, and so it, it takes time. It's never as easy and quick as um, Shark Tank, but it's right. still, uh, it can be, it can be fairly optimized if you're able to prove your milestones. And how have you divided up ownership of the country, of, of sorry, of the company with investors? Yeah, so it's all based on, you know, how much they're putting in, obviously. So um, you have, you know, people that are kind of stepping forward and taking a larger chunk of the yeah. rounds who are going to have more ownership. Um, and then you have people that are maybe writing smaller checks. Um, they're a little bit more strategic. And so um, we're lucky to have a balance of that institutional money um, as well as um, some strategic investments. I understand the chicken and the egg aspect of it, but is, is it difficult to relinquish um, parts of the company to something that you started? Yeah, I mean, for us, you're going after VC money, obviously. And so the reason that you're doing that is for something very specific. So um, there are so many companies out there that get to, you know, complete or keep 100% control, um, and it's a little bit more bootstrapped. But for us, the you know the vision is big, and we are a tech company, and we want to create that kind of exponential scale. And so we view um, we view the equity that we give away as just part of the process. You know, to to get where we're going to scale um, at the rate that w we are, we wouldn't be able to do that without um, the institutional capital. And so for us, it's just part of the process. And um, a way for us to get where where we're going. And is Shine profitable right now? We are not. Okay, and so you're putting everything back into the business. We're really focused on growth and building the largest platform for well-being in the world. Tell me a little bit about the well-known ambassadors, and is it true that um, Hillary Clinton is a, is a Shine user? So we have an amazing group called the Shine Squad, and they are users who have referred more than 10 friends, and they're just an incredible group. We have a Facebook group, we have in-person um, hangouts called Wine and Shines. Um, we use them for, we kind of like tap them for insights around how they're feeling. Um, they give us product feedback. They're really just an incredible, incredible resource for us, and we're so lucky to, to have their advocacy. Um, and we're always blown away by not only the people in that group and, and who they represent and, and who they are, um, but also the people we find every day that we're surprised by that are on um, that are on Shine. So we know of some celebrities that are on Shine. We know of NFL players. Um, we have our favorite uh, like TVTs, kind of like '90s Disney shows, right. um, the Power Rangers. Um, just people that uh, people that always either like just surprise us and kind of delight us that they're using the product. Um, but I think what it goes to show, and we see this anytime we send out a text or we launch a campaign, is that we very, very much are a global company. So the moment we launched our New Year's campaign around setting a goal that makes you feel good, as opposed to a goal that's focused on how you look to the world or how you present yourself, we found that people in Botswana and Russia and Australia uh, were posting and sharing the same exact type of sentiment because this stuff is universal. It truly is universal. It's just not necessarily being talked, talked about in that way. 
And so we're always blown away by the, you know, celebrities and the cool kids that are on Shine. But it's it's just, I think, for us, um, a sign that everything that we're doing is in the right direction and what we're talking about is a totally universal human issue. How do you ensure that your messaging is really reaching a diverse and broad community? Yeah, we are, um, so we are women of color as the founders. Um, it, uh, for us, we didn't really see ourselves represented in a lot of the yeah. wellness uh, industry, uh, whether that was self-help books or um, media, it, you know, even just Googling how do I ask for a raise, you typically find this like clip art of a white man in a briefcase um, and you're not really, you don't really feel like the content is, is representative. Um, and we know that it's not just about race, right? Like there's um, socioeconomic status, there's yeah. your religious background, there's where you're from. And we, um, we just, when we say our mission is to make well-being more accessible, it means also more representative, more representative, more affordable, easier, faster, cheaper. All of those things is what accessible represents to us. And um, it's time, right? We live yeah. in an incredibly diverse country and an incredibly diverse world. It makes sense that the content and the technology and the experiences that we consume and that we create represent the world that we live in. And so for us, it's, it's kind of always been a no-brainer ever since we started the company that we wanted our company and our photos and our content to be incre incre incredibly representative and inclusive. And so every single message that we send out, we're thinking about how does this affect a wealth of people in different stages in their lives and from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, we're very, very cognizant of um, doing a privilege check on everything and making sure that we're not speaking to a problem that's, you know, a okay. certain class-related problem or a certain gender-related problem. Um, and so we're, we're really, really focused on representation, and it's just a natural part of kind of our story and where we've come from. And I think it'll be – I mean, it's so important to, to mention that about the bubbles that we can all find ourselves in. Um, I think for entrepreneurs listening, especially for people – in partnerships like the two of you, you're co-CEOs. So can you expand a little bit on what it's been like, uh, some of the challenge you faced about conflict together and how you've had to negotiate it together? We're really lucky in that, um, as we talked about earlier, you know, Shine came from just a very organic place. For so many people, they're doing it, you know, all alone and, and kind of just by themselves. And that's, sure its own struggle and challenge and you know you're you also have co-ceos or co-founders that are meeting for the first time to really kind of take things to the next level um when they start working together on that business and we feel incredibly lucky and actually statistically the most successful companies come from um previous co-workers because you know mara and myself are um deep friends and we also met at work and so um the friendship came from that professional environment and meeting um meeting in a place of work and that's been something that um gives us a lot of strength kind of as we build out this company together um for us what's really what's really special is that all of what shine is today came from us talking about things that we were struggling with, that we felt frustrated by, that we felt like wasn't being talked about in the right way in a lot of media or um, other wellness companies. And that, um, that has been really powerful for us as our true North. I think we, we care about each other so deeply and the well-being of each other is always our top priority because if that's not right, the company's not right. Um, 
And so the just, yeah, the combination of the friendship and the fact that our, our own welfare is something we're so just deeply passionate about um, has served us very, very well. Um, and then we're also have this beautiful balance of shared values, which you have to have if you're going into business with someone or, you know, in a relationship with someone. Um, and we're also very different. We bring different things to the table. We have um, shared expertise around messaging and millennials, but also separate expertise as it relates to um, Mara really being the go-to for product and me being the go-to for, you know, growth. Um, and that kind of balance of shared vision and values with our own expertise has served us well and has, I think, made us stronger than we would be on our own and, yeah, has right. has worked. Well, listen, I'm going to look out for you on Instagram. I think it's a great quote, and I hope uh, I, I want to obviously engage in the community. And um, thank you for taking the time to tell us about Shine, and, and uh, thank you. Thank you. It's great chatting with you all. All right. We're, all, we're rebounding. We're re- I think we rebounded right before the interview. <laughs> We're out of the trough and we're rebounding now. That's right. Okay, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.